Hi, and thanks for tuning in to what is our 10th anniversary episode. Yes, we made it to 10 podcasts. Thanks to all you people who are downloading us. My name's Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And welcome to Generally Speaking. Today on the show, we have Sandy Swallow, Kevin Gobert, and Hope Lejeune from Opelousas General. We'll be talking to you about all things that have to do with the ICU. As a reminder to everyone listening, if you have something you'd like us to talk about or an interview you'd like us to hear us have, please email us at generallyspeaking at opelousasgeneral.com, and we would love to hear from you. Up next, Sandy, Kevin, and Hope from the ICU. Opelousas General Health System is proud to announce a new service that we are offering our patients, Meds to Beds. This program is available through our outpatient retail pharmacy. This service allows patients to fill their prescriptions prior to leaving our facility, not only saving you time, but getting you on the road to recovery quickly. We are now accepting all major insurances, including Medicaid. For more information, call 943-7102. Hi, and welcome back. And with me today is Hope Lejeune, Sandy Swallow, and Kevin Gobert. Uh, three employees of Opelousas General Health System who all work in the ICU. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So before we get into all things ICU, and uh, we're really excited to hear what uh, the topics that you've brought to us today. Sandy, starting with you, can you tell us a little about yourself? What is it you do in the ICU and how long you've been at Opelousas General Health System? Okay, uh, I've been at an employee of Opelousas General for 40 years. Um, I've made my rounds in the hospital and different departments and I started off in med surge and worked pediatrics. Actually was there when we opened the pediatric unit. Uh, went on to med surge and then eventually moved into what I call hopefully my final resting place, the ICU. It's, <laughs> it's, where, I, it's where I love and hopefully I'll be there until I retire. But it brought back to be able to do the bedside nursing and take care of these patients that are so critical. Oh, wow. Um, Hope Lejeune, I actually started at Opelousas General in 2005 as a staff pharmacist, and then my role changed in 2009 to a clinical pharmacist, and currently I am the clinical pharmacist located in the ICU department. Kevin. Uh, I am a kind of a newbie compared to these two. I have uh, been at uh, OGH since December of 2017. Uh, I am uh, the uh, Director of Respiratory Care, which oversees both the uh, inpatient portion of this as well as all the outpatient areas such as uh, pulmonary function testing, EKGs, uh, halter monitoring, and so forth. So we also kind of bleed over into the outpatient sector as well. So. Uh, the inpatient area, of course, you know, emergency care services, uh, working in the ICU, patient floors, so we're, we touch everyone. Being an ancillary department, we are uh, actively involved in almost every aspect of care. Excellent. Well, again, lots of experience here in the room, so uh, I know uh, the intensive care unit, a lot of folks who are listening, there can be that sounds very intimidating if you land in ICU. Uh, tell us about our ICU. If someone is not familiar with Opelousas General Health System, what would, the, what would it be that you would want them to know about our intensive, intensive care unit? 
Okay, um, we have a 16-bed unit. We currently do have a uh, doctor who is primarily posed in the ICU uh, to handle critical care patients as well as patients with lung problems. Uh, we take care of anything from a diabetic with a high blood sugar all the way to a heart attack, um, any acute um, problems with renal failure to even pneumonias uh, that end up on ventilators or life support machines. So a 16 bed unit and the different types of care that they can be seen just ranges from a little of everything or I heard diabetes, we think we'd mentioned cardiac, neurology, what else can we do there? For some of our stroke patients, we are able to care for them um, and also send them on to uh, rehab to be rehabilitated. I think we are very fortunate in ICU, and as one of my employees termed it, we've raised the bar in the ICU. Uh, we have a very good multidisciplinary team, a team made up of a respiratory therapy, pharmacy, our dietitians, our physicians, and our nursing staff all working together to make sure we can deliver the best care for our patients and get them what they need. Um, we do have uh, recently started doing some uh, new things that I think are interesting and very exciting for us because now we are fortunate uh, that we are able to keep patients here in the community rather than having to ship them out to other facilities uh, away from their home. So um, I'll ask Kevin and possibly uh, Hope to share some of those things we are doing. Uh, true. Um, currently what we're doing now, we've definitely increased our uh, abilities as far as what we can offer uh, to people in our community that traditionally might have left the community to seek uh, advanced modalities of care somewhere else. So some of the things we can kind of touch on it, when you think about the idea of someone who's really critically ill, um, a lot of times you think, well, going to what we call the big box hospitals or larger facilities that were more more or less uh, the ideas of where you would go for that level of care. Nowadays, we can actually divert a lot of that attention towards ourselves because we can handle this. Um, advances in uh, the way our modalities with um, our intensive care unit with uh, ventilation, um, the way we're handling our patients now that may have had severe pneumonia cases and so forth, we are now at the bedside doing procedures like bedside bronchoscopies and so forth. That at one time, you wouldn't think that we would be offering some of these. Uh, even our advanced care such as delivering certain drugs that will help combat certain conditions like uh, increased uh, pulmonary artery pressures or pulmonary hypertension and so forth. We've actually had a, very, a couple of very successful cases where we had patients that were here that probably would have been immediately shipped out somewhere else, but we were able to handle the care of these patients by changing the, the format of which we're doing things or bringing in new thought processes, new uh, forms of medication that we uh, had in addition with uh, working with our pharmacy that we were able to come in as a team, uh, multidisciplinary with uh, the nursing staff, the physician, 
pharmacy as well as my staff at the respiratory care department, we were able to deliver this. We took excellent care of this patient. We had great results with what we have done. And as we continue to expand and grow, a lot of our services that we were able to provide during those critical care moments, we actually had a patient that was extremely ill and some of the modalities of care that we actually switched to was actually proning the patient. Uh, with that, we worked as a team. We were actually able to increase the, the patient's uh, ability to oxygenate and with that, we had better outcomes. The patient was eventually liberated from mechanical ventilation or life support, as you could say. And it, it was a great outcome, very successful. We did those things that normally you would say to yourself, well, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Shreveport, these areas would be more common where you'd see these things. But we're doing them now at Opelousas General. So we have the ability to take care of your family members and not only that, it decreases the amount of anxiety of having to separate yourself from your family member, but having them to go outside of your home base to, to, to get that level of care. So it, it's, it's really great, it's rewarding. Um, and I wanna talk about the interdisciplinary rounding. Our goal with rounding is better patient care, of course, but a couple of our goals is also to decrease length of stay in the ICU, um, decrease ventilator days, which is the life support days. And also, um, we look at all meds to see, you know, if you're getting IV antibiotics, we, you want to decrease your length of therapy because if you don't need it anymore, you shouldn't be on those medicines anymore. Um, another thing I've, is a very positive with this is the interaction with the families. Um, when we're making rounds, it's usually the time when family visits and I find they understand a lot more when there's a team talking about the patient. Yeah. And when you talk about the, the, the process of actually um, minimizing the amount of medications and so forth that's being used, we're instituting more and more protocols in our area to where those protocols are um, providing best practices for our facility to where as patients are starting to recover from their uh, critical episodes that they're going through, we are able to tailor the care towards that to get them off of the ventilation quicker. We can uh, minimize the amount of sedation that they're on. All of the medications that were pretty much used for them in the most critical of state is going to be quickly start to wean down. So that means the patients will get healthier quicker, we can get them off of the machines quicker, get them out of the beds quicker, so we can get them home quicker. So by the use of protocols and working hand-in-hand -hand as a multidisciplinary team and working with those rounds, communication is optimal. So by doing these things, we are able to have far better outcomes than what was predicted or expected at one time from us. So we are definitely moving in the right direction. And as Kevin said, just to be able to see a patient on a personal level, I had one of um, someone that I've worked with for a number of years and I consider a personal friend. Whereas, like Kevin said, we would have previously had to ship her to another hospital. She did great with uh, uh, some of the new interventions um, that we were able to do, like some of the new medications delivered per nebulizer. She was not only able to stay in that environment where it was literally our family caring for our, um, we were caring for our own family member. Um, she, because she was able to stay there, 
friends, uh, she had friends throughout the hospital. So we were able to create that, maintain that family environment. And it was just, I can't tell you how wonderful it is that she not only survived, but is doing well after, um, thanks to new things that we've done at Opelousas General in the ICU. And that's excellent to hear. When you, the three of you collectively, you've talked about some innovation that, that has taken place. Can you share with us maybe some, uh, some of the future innovation that you're wanting to do or that you're thinking about doing to better care for the, for the individuals in our community? Sure, and uh, again, one of the things that we have talked about doing and hopefully will be done in, shortly in the future, a lot of times our patients are on ventilators for a while. It's a limited um, time that we want to keep them on. So one of the procedures that one of the physicians will now be performing, again, at the bedside, is uh, something called a percutaneous trach. So actually they'll do it at the bedside without taking the patient to surgery where they're having to go uh, a significant amount of anesthesia. The physician along with the respiratory department as, long, as well as nursing and whichever other disciplines are involved will actually be able to do this at the bedside. Um, I'd like Kevin to elaborate about the specifics of the procedure. Yes, uh, percutaneous trachs and so forth will be done. It's uh, it's going to be less trauma to the airway, okay. basically because the way we're going to be expanding tissues rather than cutting it. So the device, once it's implanted into the, the airway, will have a better seal, so it's less likely for it to become dislodged. Uh, and after the fact, when everything is over with, once you take the patient to where they no longer need this uh, airway that's been placed in the throat with the tracheostomy, the uh, scarring is far less, so it's going to probably just leave like a little tiny dot that might have been there to where back in the day, traditionally, uh, an incision would have been made and a larger scar would have been in that place. So that in itself, for the vanity of patients and so forth, will be much better. Uh, healing time will be better as well. Uh, opportunities for that device become dislodged will be minimized because of the Tight securement that it's uh, is being placed within um, within the patients that are in, in, in need of this. So that are all those are all win-win situations. Not to mention it prevents the patient from having to be transferred from one part of the hospital to the other one. That that's also very helpful. Uh, they get to stay in their, their same room. The procedure is done to them. So it's more or less we are bringing the technology to the patient, whether they have to move the patient around to get to those different areas of the hospital to be treated and with different ways. So that is a, a, an added benefit. Other things that we're looking to do in the future is look into the idea of um, bronchoscopy, but that is ultrasound guided. So endobronchial ultra, ultrasound will be something that's going to be looking at in the near future as well that we're looking to incorporate within our services. So with that, we are able to look at uh, patients that may have conditions such as cancer and so forth that we can actually do uh, biopsies, and it's gonna be done to where we can have total care done here, as well as if those patients are indeed to be deemed a cancer patient. We have a very robust um, cancer treatment center here that is uh, absolutely thriving at OGH. So with that, once again, all the care that you need can be pro 
provided here. We have the modalities. We're definitely in, in, involved heavily in investing within our own infrastructure of the best equipment, high-tech devices, everything that we can do to make sure that we're providing this. We are getting all the education that's necessary through vendors, looking at white papers, anything that we can get our hands on that's going to make sure that we're on the right track, we're doing it. So when you look at uh, even our ventilators that we're going to be getting, advanced modalities with that, the, the amount of information that we are to get from that to better care for the patients is absolutely phenomenal. That in itself will help us with the tools to make sure we're giving them what they need, taking away and they're becoming more independent, and from that, life gets just much better for the patients. We get them out of the ICU, get them back to their, to their regular life as quickly as possible. So those are the great benefits we're having. I also want to let you know we've talked a lot about from the respiratory standpoint, but I also want to, would like to speak a little bit about from a cardiac standpoint or from the heart. Many of the patients we get around in this area uh, suffer from congestive heart failure, um, I guess inherent in our community with the foods we like to eat, you know, uh, crawfish balls, all those things, um, boudin, cracklings, I could go on and on. But we do see a lot of, a lot of our um, patients here in the area with uh, cardiovascular problems. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of times they, we see them into the ICU, they come in because of trouble breathing, what we call a congestive heart failure. Uh, sometimes it, Two, because of various reasons, their heart will fail to pump as it should. So we have been doing this for a while. We've, um, we'll, cardiologists will place a sort of pump into the patient that will, it acts as a jet ski actually. It, it goes into certain portion of the heart and it pulls blood like a, um, a jet ski would pull water and it shoots it out into one of the main arteries that brings blood to the rest of um, the body. So we've been uh, doing this for some time now, but we've recently heard and we're getting, we have had the education on, this is for the left side. We also are going to start doing impeller pumps on the right side of the heart. For, so for um, people with right-sided right heart pressure, um, right-sided heart failure, excuse me, which is a lot of times is brought on by pulmonary problems as well, which we also have many of our clients um, are dealing with those issues as well. As well. So hopefully we'll also, as, as far as um, growth, we continue to develop our um, cardiac um, portion of the ICU as well and hoping to do more things in the future. And, and now at Opelousas General, with that discharge home, we have a new outpatient pharmacy that you, these new prescriptions you have, you don't have to get in your car, stop at a pharmacy and get them. You can call down or the nurse can call for you, send your script, and it can be delivered to your bedside. And that way you have your new medication to take at home, never having to stop. And also, too, if you needed additional education, it's right there on site, too. So it helps. Counseling, them. correct. Exactly. And people not understanding how to take their medication or being confused is one of the biggest reasons why we see people to be readmitted to the back to the Absolutely. hospital. So 
And sometimes they just don't realize the importance of the medication. So they think, oh, I'm going to have to stop. That's too much trouble. I'm just going to wait till tomorrow. And one dose could be detrimental in their health. Absolutely. Okay. So, well, thank you for being with us today. We well, really thank you all for time out of your schedule. So, and uh, thank you for all you do. And uh, we will see you back at the hospital. Thank okay. you so much.